0: Let's say you're asked to identify some muscles on an upcoming test. You have 30 seconds to figure it out, and then you have to move on. How can you quickly determine what a muscle is using some specific landmarks that are nearby? Listen in to find out. If you're finding the podcast helpful, then you'll want the Ace Anatomy Bundle. You get all the episodes of the podcast, as well as upcoming extended cut and bonus episodes for $9.99. That's everything you'll need to meet your anatomy goals, whether it's passing a course, preparing for a program, or expanding your general knowledge from topics like the skeletal system, heart and blood vessels, how the lungs work, the brachial plexus, and many other topics. Simply follow the link in the show notes, and with a few taps, you'll be good to go. And for a limited time, I'll be sending new subscribers a muscle practice exam, both written and video, to help you really solidify all your knowledge about the skeletal muscles. Now back to the content for today's episode. Well, hello and welcome. This is Seth Jump, your professor for Anatomy on the Go. You can find me online at anatomyonthego.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and I'll send you my free ebook, Preparing to Ace Anatomy. So I've been asking email subscribers uh, about their biggest struggle in uh, with learning anatomy. So you've probably received this email from me and basically just asking, what are you struggling with? What's your biggest struggle? What's most challenging for you to learn? And one of the most common responses I've gotten is about the muscles. Learning the muscles, remembering what they do, remembering all the different attachments for the muscles, keeping them all straight, basically. And so in my experience as well in the classroom, the physical classroom, students can really freak out about recognizing muscles. In a cadaver, for example, they can look pretty similar. They're the same color, and in certain areas they run parallel, side by side, and they are very difficult to tell apart. So in today's episode what we'll do is we'll talk about how to use some easy-to-identify landmarks to determine where you are in the body, like which compartment, and then which muscle you're looking at. So in that regard, let's take a look at a few different regions of the body. And so you can kind of get a sense of how to do this and then extend it to other parts of the body as well and beyond muscles too. So today what we'll do is we'll look at the arm, anterior-posterior, Forearm, anterior-posterior as well. Thigh, both anterior and posterior. And then leg, we'll look at anterior, posterior, and lateral. And we'll, we'll break this down, talk about the landmarks you're going to find, what you're going to look at to quickly figure out where you are, and then move on to identify the muscle. So let's take a look at anterior and posterior arm muscles. So a quick review for those muscles that you'll find there. The anterior arm has three distinct muscles, biceps brachii, brachialis, and coracobrachialis, and of course the biceps brachii has two distinct heads, short and long. The posterior arm is principally triceps brachii. So we're talking about three distinct heads there, lateral head, long head, and medial head. So here's the scenario basically. You're asked to identify these muscles. How can you quickly figure out if you're looking at anterior versus posterior arm, what can you use to determine that really, really quickly so you know the answer to this question? So now now where it can be tricky is that if you're looking at the attachments in both anterior and posterior compartments of the arm, biceps brachii is attaching to the scapula, and so is triceps brachii, just in different locations on the scapula. Now you can tell them apart by looking really closely at the attachments, that is the biceps brachii attaches on a higher point compared with the triceps brachii, but let's go with something even easier to determine anterior versus posterior. So if you can see the elbow pit, which is technically the cubital fossa, you know you are looking at anterior arm muscles. And in that elbow pit, you're gonna see a tendon, an artery, and a nerve. Now conversely, if you see the big bulky elbow or the bulky olecranon, the most proximal part of the ulna, you know you are looking at posterior arm muscles. So that's a good way to quickly figure out And my anterior, is the elbow pit there, Or my posterior, do I see a big, bulky olecranon? Now let's move further distally. Let's talk about the anterior and posterior forearm muscles. They all run parallel to each other. They look alike. They're the same color in a cadaver. What can you do to quickly determine whether you're looking at anterior or posterior or even medial versus lateral? So first, what you can do is find the thumb. You know the thumb is lateral. So let's say you can't see the hand and therefore cannot see the, the palm or the thumb, but you can see the elbow joint you can find the medial epicondyle. Now, that's different than the thumb because the thumb is lateral and the, we're talking about medial now, but remember that the medial epicondyle is the distal part of the humerus and compared with the lateral epicondyle, it protrudes, it sticks out that is, more than the lateral epicondyle. So the muscles that are attaching there are those of the anterior form as the common origin or attachment for those muscles is the medial epicondyle. And those muscles there are flexors of the wrist and digits. Now, conversely, those that attach to the lateral epicondyle are the posterior forum muscles, and those are extensors of the wrist and the digits. Now, let's go distally and use something that we could uh, find something that we can use to determine anterior versus posterior. So, if you can see the hand, you can look for the palmar aponeurosis. This is a connective tissue uh, layer that covers the deeper structures of the palm And the palmaris longus muscle sends its tendon directly into that palmar aponeurosis, and this is one of the anterior forearm muscles. Now, one out of eight people do not actually have this muscle, and so they won't see the tendon going into the palmar aponeurosis, but the palmar aponeurosis will still be there. And so if you see that, you know right away, okay, I'm looking at anterior forearm muscles. Now, for posterior forearm muscles, you could uh, determine that there is an absence of the palmar aponeurosis, Or what you could do is you could look for a muscle that's attaching above the elbow joint but is heading all the way down near the hand. That's the brachioradialis muscle, and you won't find a muscle like this in the anterior form. The muscle attachments stay right around the elbow and not above the elbow in this case, and so that's assuming that you can see the elbow. So those are some quick and dirty tricks for the upper limb, and there are more we could add here, but I wanted to start you off with some simple ones and quick ones you could use. We can also do something similar for the lower limb. We could talk about some key landmarks, some key orientation points to determine anterior versus posterior Medial versus lateral. So let's go ahead and take a look at those as well. So, here we're going to talk about anterior posterior thigh muscles and anterior posterior and medial lateral leg. So, let's take a look at the thigh first. So, like the arm, there are some key structures to quickly find to determine anterior versus posterior so you can quickly find and identify these muscles. So, you can use the patella as a point of reference. So, that's the kneecap, right? And if you can see that, you know right away that you're looking at the anterior aspect of the lower limb. Further, the muscles that are attaching there are the quadriceps muscles. And so these are the muscles, vastus lateralis, medialis, vastus intermedius, and rectus femoris. Now, conversely, if you cannot see the patella, the kneecap, and you can see the knee pit, that is the back of the knee, The muscles attaching medially and laterally to that point, that area, are the posterior thigh muscles, the hamstring muscles. You can also confirm that you're able to see a vein, an artery, and a nerve passing through the back of the knee. Now, technically, the knee pit is called the popliteal fossa, and those muscles there, as mentioned, are the hamstring muscles. So then those muscles that are found medially, the same side as the big toe, are semimembranosus and semitendinosus. And they each have the letter M in them, and so does medial. So that's a little trick you can use. Now, those muscles that are found laterally are biceps femoris short and long head. And confirm they are on the same side as the little toe. How about anterior and posterior leg muscles? So we're going distal to the knee. We're talking about the uh, calf muscles, for example, Now remember that the leg has anterior, posterior and lateral compartments. So let's start with anterior. So if you can see a crest of bone, you know you're looking at the anterior tibia and therefore the anterior part of the leg. The most superficial muscle there is the tibialis anterior, simply named for its location anterior to the tibia. Now let's say you can still see the popliteal fossa and you can see both the thigh and the leg. Uh, That's pretty easy, right? You're looking at the posterior leg. If you cannot see the popliteal fossa, you don't see that long crust of bone, and you can see the Achilles tendon, you know you are looking at the posterior leg, and the large superficial muscle that you're seeing there is the gastrocnemius. Now pull that muscle away, and you would be seeing the soleus muscle. Now let's take a look at medial versus lateral leg muscles. Let me explain this a little bit further here. How can you tell what the muscles are around the ankle? You could use the big toe for medial and the little toe for lateral. You could also locate the medial malleolus and lateral malleolus. These are the strong distal parts of the tibia for the medial malleolus and fibula for the lateral malleolus. And you can feel these to the sides of the ankle joint. They're the big bulges of bones you can feel inside your shoes. Now, the tendons of the deep posterior muscles are passing behind the medial malleolus. And so, these muscles are tibialis posterior, flexor digitorum longus, and flexor hallucis longus. And you could use a little trick where you remember these muscles by Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom, Dick, and Harry are hanging around behind the medial malleolus. So, Tom is tibialis posterior, Dick is flexor digitorum longus. Hairy is flexor hallucis longus, and that's from front to back, anterior to posterior. So then, when we compare medial malleolus to lateral malleolus, there are three tendons that pass behind the medial malleolus. There are two that pass behind the lateral malleolus, and those tendons passing behind the lateral malleolus are those of fibularis longus and fibularis brevis, If you're more clinically oriented, you could call these peroneus longus and peroneus brevis. So that's something you could use as well. So really, if you think about this, these different muscles can be identified by using a set of if-then relationships. If you can see this structure or that structure is there, then this is the muscle that must be present in this location, or this is medial, or this is lateral. And you can extend these relationships as well. You could think about the muscles that you're looking at, how you would be able to identify them if you could see only the, the hip or only the knee. Uh, And so muscles in isolation. So professors are are often or can be trying to uh, test your knowledge of a muscle in an isolated area and not in the context of the entire limb, etc. So you'll need to kind of come up with if-then relationships that work well for the structures that are present in a particular location. And you can extend this to other parts of the body. Use other types of if-then relationships uh, for structures that you'd find in a certain region. You could do blood vessels. You could do nerves. So I'd encourage you to give this little tactic a try and maybe extend it beyond the muscles and let me know how it works for you. You can send me an email at at sethanatomyonthego.com. So I hope this episode can give you some tactics you could use to identify muscles really quickly. Let's end today with a quote that you can use, and perhaps it will give you some motivation and or inspiration. So here's the quote. The man who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. And of course, we could also say the woman who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. And that's attributed to Confucius. So it's possible that all the muscles you need to master, it feels like a a really huge mountain that you'll never be able to move. Let's say that mountain of muscles is 500 stones of facts, and those facts are what the muscle does, what the attachments are. What if you simply worked on five facts a day, then 10, then 15, then 20, and sooner than you realize, you've got them all done. So the key is not to focus on the mountain of facts. The key is to focus on what you can do. So thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you again, quote unquote, in the next episode. And until that drops, all the very best. Good luck with your studying, and I'll see you later.